Taking charge of your future starts with taking the first steps. And saving up to $30 a month on Cox Internet with the Affordable Connectivity Program makes those steps easy to take. Whether they bring you to click upload on your first short film or join now for an online book club. Applying is easy. See if you qualify at cox.com slash ACP. Non-transferable one per household application and eligibility decisions are made by the FCC. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church. One church in global locations. To find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Church, visit our website at www.harvestchurch.church. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. Give online in our mobile app or text the word giving to 59769. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. To God's word, which is the lamp to my feet and the light to my path. In this year of fruitfulness, I will manifest good results in every area of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, I pray that we take authority over this atmosphere now. I pray that there's no hindrance, there's no blockage, there's no stoppage that would cause your word not to flow and to flow freely. I declare that where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, which means in this atmosphere, we declare liberty. We bind and rebuke any spirit, any witchcraft, warlock, foolery, Jezebelian mess, junk, or drama that would try to saturate and steal this atmosphere. We say, no, Lord. We say, you have your way. Somebody say, Lord, have your way. Father, we say your will be done. Speak to us now. Nothing will block the flow of your word today. In Jesus' name we pray. Would you release one more great praise if you believe we serve a great God? I want to move today in today's message. We're starting this new series, Weapons of Our Warfare. Would you just lay your hands on yourself say, there's a gladiator in you. Say, there's a warrior in you. So here's what we're doing in this series, guys. We're going to learn how to win. And I need you, watch this, right out the gate, I need to announce the season of life that you're in. I don't care the prior season that you were in. I don't care how many L's you took, losses. I don't care how many people betrayed you. I don't care how many people walked out. I don't care what didn't go right. I don't care what wasn't going right in your family, what going right in your marriage. Today, the beginning of a brand new month, and this is the ninth month of this year, and nine is the number of manifestation. It's the number of fruitfulness. It's the number where you possess what what you prayed for, where you see what you've sown for. I need you to declare the season of life you're stepping into today. Holler this out. Say, it's winning season. 
Yeah, that means I don't care how I lost in August. I don't care how it didn't go right in February. Baby, that was then and this is now. God says, behold, I do a new thing. And watch this. Do not even consider the things of old, which means I don't care what it was last night at midnight. When you stepped into this new month, say, I'm in winning season. Would you just encourage somebody next to you, say, you're in winning season too. I need somebody to get excited because watch this. Things are about to start turning around. Things are about to start changing. Things are coming into alignment. Shout it again. We're in winning season. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse number 3 says this. Here it is because you got to announce the season that you're in. Interestingly enough, uh, I like to do my exercise. I like to do it typically in the evening time. I like to do my exercise in the evening time. And what was amazing to me uh, yesterday when I was looking out, the season had announced itself. What do you mean it announced itself? It started, watch this, it's starting to get darker earlier. Watch this, that evening weather ain't the same as that day weather. Can I get a witness? In the day, the heat is just shy of Hades. Hades is a Greek word for hell. But in the evening time, I said, God, dog, I need a jacket. I had on shorts the other day. I said, I need to go back in the house and put on some sweats. What was the weather doing? It was announcing a new season. I need some of you to know all the circumstances in your life are announcing a new season. Uh, y'all, y'all play it with me. I need you to know all the circumstances in your life are announcing a new season. I need you to know, watch this, the people acting funny with you are announcing a new season. I need you to know the folk that ain't doing right are announcing a new season. I need you to know, watch this, the reason why some people you used to be comfortable hanging out with, you're not comfortable with anymore, is they're announcing a new season. I need you to know your money is announcing a new season. I need you to know doors of opportunity are announcing a new season. Would you throw one hand up and shout, it's winning season. So watch this, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3, it says, For though we walk in the flesh, that means though we walk in human bodies, we are not waging war according to the flesh. Look at me. Paul says, as he writes this, he says, stop fighting like a regular human. Listen, guys, life is going to be filled with warfare. That that means fights. You're going to have to fight. I need you, watch this, to realize you're not no punk. What you mean by punk? That means you are not somebody that runs from the fight. You're like David. You see a fight and say, where the fight at? Because watch this. I wasn't sent here to uh, to break down. I wasn't sent here to just go through life like a bump on a log. I was sent down here to rule and to reign and to conquer and to subdue. And if you crazy enough to run up on me, you crazy enough to catch these hands. I wish. I wish you realized you weren't sitting next to somebody that doesn't know how to fight and win. I wish you know you weren't sitting next to somebody that didn't come down here to do everything that God has sent them to the earth to do. Throw one hand up and say, it's winning season. But I need you to stop fighting like you're a regular human. You fight too regular. What do you mean I fight too regular, Bishop? Watch 1 Corinthians 3.3. Paul said, don't wage war. Don't go to war according to the flesh. Watch 1 Corinthians 3.3. For you are still of the flesh. He says, you're still acting like a normal human. For there is jealousy and strife among you. And uh, uh, are you not of the flesh and behaving only in a human way? I'm in 1 Corinthians 3 and 3. Here's what I need you to see. Watch this. He says, you are acting like a regular man when you're a supernatural man. You're acting like a regular woman when you're a supernatural woman. And he says, I know you're regular. Watch this, because you still let strife happen. Well, I said, somebody on your road ain't touched you yet. And watch this. And, and you just said, I guess I ain't just going to fool with them. What you need to do is touch them and say, no strife on this road. 
Some of you still got strife in your business, but you the owner. You need to let some of them people say, listen, if you can't get with it, I didn't come to play with you. You can get the heck up out of here. Some of you got strife in your family like your kids run the house and you're acting like a regular human. You need to let strife know you don't have a right to be in my life. And if you can't get yourself in order, you can get to stepping. Strife. Somebody say strife. Strife means opposed to fighting the war out there, we're fighting an internal war. Hear me, married couples. Whenever you have strife, listen, you got to stop letting the enemy get in between you and your spouse. Like you didn't know it was going to come. You know every Sunday morning, here comes some mess. And you keep acting surprised every week. Y'all ain't got to say nothing to me. I'll preach my own self. Well, I says, every week there's issues with your kids and you keep acting surprised. God, Paul was saying, you're fighting like a regular person. And I know you are, he says, because you allow strife. And watch this. And then you keep getting jealous of other people. He said, rather than maximizing what you got, you're looking at what she got. You're looking at what he got. So what ends up happening is rather than you celebrating your grass, you're looking at somebody else's astroturf. Talking about it's greener on the other side. Anything fake can always look better. Watch this. A fake tree never ages. A fake tree never gets old. What are you trying to say? Whenever Paul said, whenever there's strife, when you allow division around you, and whenever you're looking at somebody else's hand saying, I wish I got that hand, he says, you are acting, look what he says, you are acting like a regular human. But when you believe in Jesus, it's not you by yourself. When you believe in the Lord, it's not you by yourself. The Bible says, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world but if you're fighting regular you're watch this you are missing your greatest component to win you fighting with your vocabulary not realizing you should have took that to prayer shut up you clapping back on facebook not realizing you could have shut that down with prayer y'all not talking to me somebody say i'm a warrior that ain't how warriors say it so evidently we're gonna have to ride hard today let's go somebody shout i'm a warrior Look at this, look at this, look at this, look at this, look at this. Look at 1 John 4, 17. They're going to put it on the screen. 1 John 4, 17. Let me show you how you and I are supposed to act. It says, by this, love is perfected in us so that we can have confidence in the day of judgment or in the day of war. Because here's the next part. As he is, so are we in this world. Which means, watch this. Whatever God is, the book says we are in the earth. I've never seen God lose a battle, so why you? I've never seen God mad over somebody don't like him. I've never seen God, watch this, have strife. The moment somebody didn't want to do what he said in heaven, you know what he did? He said, you can get the heck up out of here because I ain't tolerating your mess. I ain't dealing with your attitude. Some of y'all tomorrow need to go in your job and set some people straight. I'm not tolerating your attitude. I'm not tolerating your mess. I'm not tolerating your drama. And if you don't like it, you can go. Somebody said, as he is, so am I. Every time Jesus saw something he didn't like, he didn't cry about it. He spoke to it. When he saw a blind man, he spoke to it. When he saw a bad situation, he spoke to it. When Lazarus was dead, he didn't start getting all upset and messed up. The Bible says he cried a few tears and then he said, Lazarus, come forth. Why? I got power. I wish you'd throw one hand in the air and say, I got power. You are not some regular human and some regular person. But if you fight like one, you are taking the warfare from up here and you're bringing it down here. 
and only a fool gets involved in a street fight when you ain't on the street. Did you catch that? So, so, so watch this, watch this. I sense there's some folks in warfare right now. You coming up out of that today? I said, you coming up out of that today? Some of y'all can't even give God glory because your warfare is so strong. I'm going to tell you, somebody said, I'm coming up out of that today. Matter of fact, for everybody in the middle of multiple wars at the same time, I need you to get on your feet and release a praise for the next 10 seconds because you're coming out of that today. I need, come on. Come on. Let out a war cry. What are you saying? I ain't staying in this. I'm not staying stuck in this. Yeah. Yeah. Be seated. Let me show you how you're getting out. I need you to stop letting this warfare stress you out. I need you to stop letting it affect your worship. Most people worship their problems. How do you know? Because when it's time to worship God, they don't do it because they're thinking about their problem. Let's go Bible. Here it is. Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4. For the weapons of our warfare. So remember, the first part Paul says, we don't fight. We don't wage war like normal people. Somebody say, I'm not normal. On purpose. See, whenever you figure out who you are, you will intimidate people who don't know who they are. And here's what they'll tell you. Let me tell you what they're going to tell you. You just, you just so grand. No, you just whack. Y'all ain't saying that. Uh, you just think you all that. No, you just don't know that you're anything. The Bible says don't think more highly of yourself than you ought to. It didn't say I can't know who I am. Just because my confidence intimidates your insecurity, that's not my problem. That's a problem you got to figure out yourself. Would you lay your hands on yourself and say, God, show up strong in me? And that doesn't mean you walk around arrogant. That don't mean we walk around with an attitude, you know who I am. No, it just means when I show up, I didn't have to know your name because my walk is a rebuke. I didn't have to know the demons in the room because my walk is a rebuke. So watch what he says. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, natural. So what's a natural weapon? You know, guns, knives, slapping, hitting. Let's, come on, talk to me. Cussing. Huh? Who? Fist. There you go. Bat. Taser. Chains. Knives. Watch me. Watch me. Attitudes. Because some of y'all, you'll fight a war with an attitude. You'll suck the energy out of the room so everybody looks at you. I rebuke you because some of y'all sitting up in here right now. I rebuke you. Sure do. Sure do. Sure do. Come up out of that. You're too grown to be getting attitude. First mistake was thinking I was like most pastors. Watch. For the weapons of our warfare. Here's what the word warfare means. I got to preach fast. It means expedition, journey, or military service. Any, any military, current or former military, would you make noise? What's that thing? Do it. The oorah. Do it. Whatever. I ain't military, but I'm, I'm running for general next year. Uh, listen, ain't going to be no disorder on my watch. You can believe that. <laughs> he said, so you got to go through the process. Say, listen, I've been a bishop for 13 years. Y'all going to need to let some of this credit transfer. <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Here's the point. In military service, here's what you understand. The mission is not about you. The, the issue you have with your warfare is you keep taking it personal. It is not personal. It is because if it can shut you down, 
It's going to affect your family. It's going to affect your kids. It's going to affect your role. It's going to affect your environment. And the lives you're supposed to impact, you won't because you're going to be nursing your personal wounds. In the military, I need you to realize the battle is not personal. And sometimes you keep taking stuff personal. When people attack you, it's not personal. It's because they see something on you. Watch this. That makes them want to attack you. And whenever you got anointing on you, they don't like it. Whenever you got glory on you, they don't like it. Whenever you seem to change things, they don't like it. I need you to stop taking it personal. Somebody say, this is military service. Which means I ain't taking it personal. And don't you take it personal when I knock you the heck down. Don't you take it personal when I deal with you. It ain't personal. This is business. I need the inner warrior in you to wake up. Because some of y'all have been beat down so much you're scared to fight. I just wish there was a warrior in somebody on your road that could rise up. Somebody say, this is service. For the weapons of our military service, this ain't personal, are not of the flesh. They're not natural, but they have divine power. What does that mean? God does it through me for me to help others. See, God does it through us, for us, to help others. Say it with me. Say, God does it through me, for me, to help somebody else. See, the reason you got to win this war is there somebody you're going to see at Walmart, somebody you're going to see at Target, somebody you're going to see at Neiman's, somebody you're going to see at Nordstrom's, somebody you're going to see at Popeye's trying to see if they got another sandwich. Y'all ain't said nothing to me. And they need to know how to win. Well, how are they going to know? They don't want to hear your theory. They want to hear you say, you know what? I've been in that same situation. And the same God that did it for me, he did it through me. He did it for me, but so I can help you. I need you to realize your story is about to get, watch this, give God the glory. Your story is about to transform somebody else's life. Watch, let's go to the verse. It says, to destroy strongholds. Can I teach for a minute? A stronghold, watch this. Here's what it means in Greek. Greek is the language of our New Testament. So when I say here's what this means, I'm giving you the definition of the words in the Greek language of the New Testament. That's what the scripture's in. It says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal or not of the flesh, but uh, they have divine power. God does it through me, for me, to help others, to destroy strongholds. Check this out. Here's a stronghold. It's an escape from reality that we take that has control over all three parts of our existence. I'm going to back it up. I'm going to teach it to you. Let me chop this food up, serve it to you. Then we're going to have some water. Job of a shepherd is to chop the food, serve it to you. And then watch this. Every now and then, we just need to stir it up with a praise. That's, that's the water. You ready? Touch your neighbor and say, let's eat. Okay. Some of y'all, the reason you, you always, watch this, you always are in conversation, but never in manifestation about it, is because you eat, 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 eat. You never wash it down. So when I say release a praise, what are we doing? We're washing it down. When I'm saying lift a hand, what are you doing? Washing it down. When I say touch your neighbor, what are you doing? You're agreeing with them so y'all both can wash it down. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but they have divine power to destroy the escapes we take from reality that have control over all three parts of our humanity. What's your stronghold? Alcoholism. It has control over your body. It has control over your soul, your mind, thoughts, will, and emotions. It has control over your spirit. What's your stronghold? Sex. You can't even focus at your, your, on your job. You look at me like that again. Okay, if y'all don't say amen, this is going to be a fifth Sunday. 
Y'all ain't said that to me, because some of them bathroom breaks ain't bathroom breaks. Watch me. Oh, no, let's just tell the truth. Y'all should talk back to me. Your fault. What, what's the stronghold? What's the stronghold? Generational stuff. Your mama was overbearing. You're overbearing. Her mama was overbearing. Every woman in the bloodline is overbearing. And any man that's strong, you try to knock him down. You tear him down. You emasculate him. You beat him down. Because you don't want a husband. You want a boy. And then you get mad when you have to raise him, but that's what you beat him into. I guess it's fifth Sunday. Let's go. What's the stronghold? It's an escape from reality we take. Now, this isn't to beat us down, because let's tell the truth. We all, come on, let's tell the truth. We all, really, four of us? Let's tell the truth. We all have taken escapes from reality. A stronghold. I don't want to do it. I know I shouldn't do it. What did Paul say? The right I want to do, I don't find myself doing. All this wrong stuff that I already know is ratchet and I shouldn't be doing it, that's the stuff I find myself doing. Paul got so conflicted internally, he said, oh, wretched man that I am. He said, I don't want to cuss her. I don't, I don't want to do that substance, but it just be calling me, man. It be calling me. Watch me. Paul said there's escapes we take from reality. There are escapes. And these escapes, the Bible says, these weapons have the power to tear those things down. But look at verse 5. Look at verse 5. So are you seeing where the warfare actually is? This warfare that he's talking about, he says it's going gonna, it's gonna to tear down strongholds. Strongholds exist in not out here. So could it be that the reason the warfare seems so intense is because you're fighting it out here when it really needs to be fought. I need somebody. Come on, let's wash it down. Throw your hands up and say, I win World War Me. Because sometimes your greatest enemy, can we tell the truth, is going to be the enemy. But I declare everybody under the sound of my voice, you got victory. Watch me over yourself today. You're going to be able to tell yourself no. You're going to be able to tell yourself don't act like that. You got victory over yourself. So watch me. Watch me. Look at verse 5. We destroy arguments. This is what these weapons do. It doesn't tell us what the weapons are. It just tells us what the weapons do. It says, we destroy arguments. What's an argument? It, here's what that word means. It means conceit. Wow. He says, he says I'm going to destroy you being conceited. You got a screensaver of yourself. Check your neighbor's phone. Check it, check it. If they flip it over, you already know. Like you forgot what you look like. I couldn't even do it because when I take selfies, my neck don't ever come out right. It just, my neck be <laughs> What's this? It means conceit. Here's the next thing. It means pride. Here's what it means. Hubris. That's unchecked arrogance against God and his word. We destroy arguments. He says, this is what these weapons do. They're going to destroy you being full of you. 
Because when you're full of you, you won't fight because you don't want to get messy. When you're full of you, you'll think that the war is with everybody else and not with yourself. So you going around trying to check everybody else, check everybody else. Now I'm going to set somebody straight when the one you need to set straight is in your chair. It's a rough ride through here. <laughs> Stop, drop, shut around. Whoa, whoa. Watch. Hubris. It means, it means the real warfare is that you have an unchecked arrogance against God and his word. I don't need God. I don't got to follow the word. Those are good suggestions they gave. Denver has this. You don't have to like it, it's true. Denver has this hubris. It is an unchecked, and no, don't even sweeten it up. This is going to go down rough. Every now and then, I think you might like to hear something from us. Nice and easy. But we never, ever do nothing. The movie. Denver has this unchecked arrogance against God and his word. Because a strong economy made you think you didn't need Jesus. Low unemployment made you think you didn't need Jesus. So church is for them folks that's struggling. Oh, no, it's not. It's for them folks that's winning. It's this unchecked arrogance. I'll lift my hands if I feel like it. I'll worship if I feel like it. I'll give him glory if I feel like it. But I think you sit next to somebody on your road that, feel, that figured this out. Whether I feel like it or I don't, he's still. Is there anybody in here that can tell the truth? Watch this. That whether I feel like clapping, feel like shouting or not, he's still. You ain't standing because of your education. You're standing because of his goodness and his mercy. You're not alive because of who you know. You're alive because God decided to favor you. And I need somebody to release a crazy praise for the next three seconds that knows that's true. Go! He's the only reason you are not here because of how good you look. Believe that. You are not in here because of how tight your dress is. Believe that. You're not in here because of how fitted your jacket is. Believe that. All right. This is, I should say this for Wednesday. Um, and every lofty opinion. We're still in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. Lofty opinion. It, that, that means a barrier that's created because of our presumptions. What's presumption? It's behavior that's perceived as arrogant, disrespectful, uh, and transgressing the limits of what's permitted or appropriate. It's a lofty opinion. He says it's a barrier you create because here's what, watch this, because he says, because you are doing, watch this, what you already know. It's arrogant, disrespectful, and transgressing. What's transgressing? You know that ain't even right. But when you're in war with yourself, you do it anyhow. When you're in war with yourself, you know you should have responded differently. When you're in war with yourself, you say, what they going to say? Oh, you going to see. Touch your neighbor say, you going to learn today? If your neighbor didn't touch you, they just practice what we just learned. So touch another one and say, we going to learn today. Watch me. Watch me. Watch me. Watch me. Let's go. Let's go. 
It says, it says this, raised against the knowledge of God. He says it's a barrier that's raised against the knowledge of God. So it's like I know what God says, but I'm just not going to do it. Just not going to. I know I should forgive. I just, I don't want to. I know I, sh I was arrogant with the way I handled that. But, you know, ain't nobody perfect. It's quiet in here. I, I know, I know I shouldn't think that way about that person because I know that's not even true. But I'm going to do it anyhow. It's quiet in the church. <laughs> and Paul said the weapon or the weapons of our warfare, they're all designed to deal with stuff in us. To do what? To take every thought what? Captive. To obey what? Christ. Here's what it means to take. It means literally I lead it away. So here's what he's saying. The weapons we use lead me away from acting like that. And they lead me to acting like what the word says. But I like that. Say thought. Now, it says every thought captive. Thought here actually translates to the word soul. Which means here's what he's saying. Your mind, thoughts, will, and emotions are what we need to get. Watch this. That's where the war is. The war is in your mind. The war is in your thoughts. The war is in your will. The war is in your emotions. And if I can get you to win there, you can win out here. I need you to lay your hands on yourself. Say, I'm winning in here so I can win out there. I need you to hear me. Watch this. To be a better husband, it starts in here. To be a better wife, it starts in here. To be a better Christian, it starts in here. To be a better business owner, it starts in here. To be a better mom, it starts in here. I need you to throw your hand up and say, I'm winning. See, when you get you together, you'll be able to get whatever you're dealing with together. And I need some of us to stop trying to deal with the fruit of our situations and deal with the root of ourselves. So watch. So watch. The first weapon I want to introduce you to, here it is, is called repentance. And you may think you got it down, especially if you grew up in church. You're like, oh, I know this weapon. I'm going to stop taking notes now. You may think you got it down, but if you keep listening, something's about to open up for you. Because number one, the point is, watch this, it's winning season. Say it's winning season. Here's number two. Wins begin with repentance. And repentance is a big deal with God. And it comes from the word in Hebrew, teshuvah, which means to return after going astray. To return after going astray. What's astray? To sin. So check it out. It's different than just being sorry or apologizing. And this is where many Christians lose their warfare because they don't return to what's right when they go astray. They just apologize. They're just sorry, but they never return. Return to what? To his word. And that's why 2 Corinthians chapter 5 says, we destroy arguments, our conceit, our pride, our hubris, our unchecked arrogance against, against God and his word. So, so check it out. Check it out. Paul was saying that there's a weapon you can use. And that weapon, watch this, that weapon is called repentance. Which means, check this out, there's then something called false repentance. Which is why today's message, for those of you wondering what's the title of today's message, it's called, I'm for real, for real. When you say it twice in pop culture, that means it's serious. So like if you say, I'm saved, saved, that means you say. Like if you can cook, cook, that means you can cook. If you can cook, you aight. If you can cook, cook. Say, I'm for real, for real. Here's the deal. You can fake out people around you, but you cannot deceive God. 
You can do all the right things in front of people. You can do all the yes sirs and yes ma'ams and shaloms and if I made this, that, and the other. But God is like, but I see your heart. And I don't know about you, but I think you're sitting next to somebody that says, I don't just want my hands to play like they write. I want my heart to really be right. Would you lay your hands on yourself and say, Lord, make my heart right. Because if your heart is right, there's certain warfare you wouldn't deal with. If your heart is right, there's certain stuff you wouldn't deal with. If your heart is right, there's certain things you wouldn't say. There's certain things we would not do. So there's something called false repentance. And that's why the message is I'm for real, for real. Because you can become religious and never be repentant. You can come in here. You can watch online. Super religious. What does that mean? I go through all of the right, I do the right things. They're just not from the right heart. I say the right stuff. It's just not from the right heart. You want to know where most people have hurt you? And, 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 let me just say anyway. Where most people have hurt you is that when they said something to you, they weren't for real, for real. When they said something to you, they were off of the emotional high. So then they started saying things to you that they weren't necessarily real or truthful about. And then what ends up happening is then afterwards, now you've got to deal with the fact that, watch this, when you said it to me, I thought it was real. But then, watch this, I found out it wasn't for real, for real. So let's tell the truth. So they said, I'm going to be your friend to the end. And so you really believed them. And then, then when they acted a certain way, you were like, how are you going to act like this with me? It's because when they said it, it was an emotional high. It was religious. What is religion? I'm going through the steps. I'm going through the motions. I'm doing all the things I'm supposed to do. But it's not coming from a right heart. And I need you to realize God isn't just interested in us doing the right things. He's interested in us in having the right heart. Would you throw your hands up and say, Lord, created me a clean heart? If your heart is right, there are certain things that you won't do to your spouse. If your heart is right, there are certain things you won't say to your kids. Y'all ain't talking to me today. If our heart is right, there are certain things we, there are certain things we wouldn't fight through. See, sometimes even when we come to church, we say, lift your hands. I'm not doing that. Why? Because you didn't come to worship. You came to be worshipped. You want people to look at you rather than realize that we're here for Jesus. I need somebody that's here for Jesus to just throw your hands up and say, Lord, I'm here for you. I didn't come to see you. I came to experience Jesus. Which means I don't mind if I got to, come on ladies, if you got to let your mascara run a little bit. I don't mind if my suit gets a little wore out. I don't mind if my jeans get a little wore out. I, I don't care because it's not about me. It's about him. So let's look at this in example. Matthew chapter 3, verse number 7. We're going to look at a couple of verses. I want to show you this in action. And then we're going to, we're going to end this. We're going, we're going, this one simple main thing I want to drive home with this first message. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to his baptism, watch this. He said to them, you brood of vipers. Look at me. Jesus was very direct. American Jesus ain't Jesus, Jesus. Because American Jesus, Jesus walks up and says, well, if you'd like to do that, please go ahead. That ain't Bible Jesus. That ain't Jesus, Jesus. Doesn't ever say that ain't Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus would be like, I said what I said. And I'm confused as why we're still talking about it. I'm not negotiating with you. I made you. 
quiet in the church. This is rough. Stay with me the whole time. Matthew 3, 7. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to his baptism, he said to them, you brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Here's verse 8. Bear fruit in keeping with, say it, repentance. He says, there's no change and there's no progress because there's no attempt because it's not for real. Because if it was real, there'd be change because there would be an attempt, so there'd be some progress. And he's telling them the reason that there's no change, you have no fruit to show that you're repentant. He said, it's because your soul is out of control. How do you know, how do you know that? Here, here's why. Here's why. Here's why. The word Pharisees means separatists. They, they means, but let, me, let me translate it, modern. They mean click. It means this our separate thing. Jesus is for us, not for you. You don't look worthy. But I'm so glad, watch this, he didn't judge the book. Is there anybody in here that's glad that he looked past all of our faults and so on these? I'm so glad God is not like the world where he doesn't beat you up and throw you down because you don't have it all together. Is there anybody, come on, let's go here, that says, I may not be where I want to be, but I can thank God that I'm not where I used to be. But, but the Pharisees, they're separatists. So in their mind, listen, God is for us only. This is our Jesus, and he's not for you people. Well, first problem, who's you people? He's for us. But then watch this, Sadducees. The problem with them is they're sad, you see. Sadducee means self-righteous. So these two groups came at Jesus and Jesus, and they thought they were really doing something. So Jesus is baptizing people. He's baptizing people. He's baptizing people. People getting saved. And then they show up. You know, when you're arrogant, you walk it. You know? So they walk in. And, 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 and when they walk in, they're looking at Jesus baptized. Hmm. This is good what he's doing for them. They really need it. She's really a mess. Who's she ratchet? And he crazy. Everybody know he ain't about nothing. This is really good what Jesus is doing. I'm so glad I'm not like them. I don't sin like that. I said stay with me the whole time. That's exactly what I meant. I'm so glad I don't sin like them. She's a loosey-goosey, you know. I'm just telling you so you can pray. You know this about them, don't you? Let's be honest. How many of you have ever had somebody come to you like that? Who can really be honest you've ever been like that? Thank you for your honesty. We all have. At one point, we all started comparing sins. Okay, y'all ain't gonna say that, so let me just preach on like I want to. I may cuss and act a fool, but at least I pay my tithes. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. And let's be scriptural about that. I may act a fool, that's the part. 
be clear. I'll teach you that later. Excessive. Some of y'all are like, what is he talking about? Don't worry about it. Watch this. I don't do right by my family. I don't, I don't take care of my wife nor kids. But I'm a worshiper. They started comparing sins. They were like, I don't do that. Huh. I'm in order. Watch this. I just grumble and complain inside. This is what they did. Say separatist. Say self-righteous. This is what they did. So what they began to do, what they began to do, right there, right there. What they began to do is they began to show up. And Jesus says, you're a brood of vipers. He says, you're nothing but snakes. He says, because you don't actually want to be better. You just want other people to think you're better than them. And I think there's some people in this room that have graduated from trying to impress people. But you say, I want to be right with God. Is there anybody at the 915 that can say, I want to be right with the Lord. I'm, I'm not concerned about impressing you. I want to be right with him. So watch this. Watch this. Watch this. So, so look at this. Look at what Jesus says. Jesus really gets them. Matthew 23, 25. Y'all think I'm real. Look at how Jesus talks. Matthew 23, 25 through 28. Watch this. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. You clean the outside of the cup and the plate. He said, you looked the part. You look like a good man. You look like a great woman. You looked the part. He says, but inside? You're full of greed and self-indulgence. The weapons of our warfare. Say, I'm for real, for real. He said, y'all have learned how to be professional actors. Let's go on. Look what he says. Verse 26. You blind Pharisee. He says, first clean the outside of the club and the plate, so then the outside may also be clean. Or clean the inside so the outside may be clean. Verse 27. Woe to you, scribe of Pharisees. Woe to you was essentially, it, it was like, it was, it was a strong statement. Like, you ever had somebody talking to you like, shut up? Some of y'all look like you did it today on the way to church. Like, <laughs> we've all done something. Maybe you didn't say shut up, but you were like, all right now. That's enough. You're doing the most. Say something else. Jesus says to these grown men, look at me. Jesus says to these grown men, I need you to check that out because sometimes we think that God is supposed to respect. Watch this. Sometimes we think God owes us something when he comes to check us. And I need us to realize God doesn't owe us anything when he comes to. Now, I don't like the way you said it. The problem is, is you think it's about you. See, you're so concerned about how they said it. You didn't realize what they were saying was to make you better. I need you not to get offended because you didn't like the way somebody said something to you. I need you to take the substance of it and not be worried about the way it was said. God says, he says, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees. Woe! Hypocrites. Hypocrites means actors. See, watch this. Many people think hypo hypocrisy means that you say one thing, watch this, and do another. That's not what hypocrisy means. Hypocrisy means to be an actor. So it means you say it, but you don't believe it. 
He says, you tell other people to pray, but you don't believe it actually works. You tell other people to forgive, but you ain't forgave seven folk. He says, he says, we say it, but we don't believe it. He says, what do you scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites? You're like whitewashed tombs. God, if I had time, but I don't. Which outwardly you appear beautiful, but within, can we take a moment here? Watch this. Stop. You are full of dead people's bones and uncleanness. Stop. Whose bones are they full of? Dead people's. Wait a minute. He says, you appear beautiful. He says, but watch this. You're full of dead people's bones. He's, watch this. He's saying that the tomb is conflated to them, which means, watch this. He says, the reason that you act this way is because you're full of your past. You're full of what hurt you. You're full of who lied to you. You're full of your mama name. You're full of your dad. He says, you're full of things from your past. He says, so this is what makes you act this way. It's quiet in this church. Jesus. At 15, I'm going to go with the alternative ending. <laughs> Verse 28. So you also outwardly appear righteous to others. You ever met people like that that were so concerned about keeping up appearances? I don't want nobody to know this. You ain't going to tell them what happened, are you? He says, outwardly, you appear righteous to others, but he says, within, you're full of acting. And he says, and you're lawless, you're out of order. He said, but you'd like to look the part, though. You talk the part, you say the words. Look, listen to this. He says, you don't care about, watch this, what he said, nor are you convicted when you're wrong. You're only sorry if you're caught. You're, you're only, you're only, you're only going to talk about it if somebody checks you on it. You won't tell on yourself. You wait until somebody else tells on you say, I was going to say something. Let's just tell the truth, though. We've all, we've all been there. From the pulpit to the pew, from the window to the wall, everybody has been there. And here's where I want to end this message today. I can see that I stirred up some Kool-Aid today. <laughs> That's okay. That's all right. That's all right. That's good. This is good. Because you're going to use this weapon this week. I said you're going to use this weapon this week. In, in, Psalm, in Psalm 51, Psalm 51, David, King David, he's the king. He sinned with Bathsheba. What was the sin with Bathsheba? David was supposed to be out fighting because it was wartime. David stayed at home. Whenever you are not in position and in place... There's somebody right now, you didn't come today because you're at home. I need you to get here to the 11.15. You're watching me right now saying, this is good, this is good. I know, I need you to get into the building. Why? Because whenever you're out of place, you set yourself up to see something you ain't ready for. David sees Bathsheba. He walks out onto his, onto his courtyard. And, the, and the, he's supposed to be doing what? Fighting. He's supposed to be doing what? Let's make it practical. Building that business. He's supposed to be doing what? Getting that education. He's supposed to be doing what? Taking that class. He's supposed to be doing what? He's supposed to be advancing what he's over. He walks out onto his courtyard. And y'all, when he walks out in his courtyard, he looks and he says, Hey, yo, 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 come here. 
Who is that? Now, some people try to say Bathsheba was wrong because she was bathing on top of the house. Guys, let's think about it. There was no plumbing. Everybody's bath was on top of the house. The water has to run down, drain out. That's what culture did. So David looks, and he's like, hey, yo, come here, come here, come here. Who is that? Wow. Blown away. She was at the Christmas party. I didn't see her. Oh, that's Uriah's wife. She got a man. What her man got to do with me? I'm not trying to hear that, see? David's like, hey, go get her. Tell her the king has need of her. I'm going to use my power and my authority to make her come to me. I'm not coming to her as a man. I'm coming to her as the king. And she's going to be happy to see the king. Go get her. They go get her. And when they go get her, David sees her. And when David sees her, David's like, how you doing? I'm the king. I couldn't help but noticing you butt necking on top of your house bathing and <laughs> and uh, what's up? Uriah gone. Abigail downstairs. This is me and you. Servants, leave us. Do you mind if I step into something a little bit more comfortable? <laughs> David lays all of his kingly game on her. And Bathsheba says, It's a hot girl summer, I don't know! So, so look at me. So they lay as <laughs> Touch your neighbor and say, this is in the Bible. Some of y'all be looking at TV to get stuff. Just read your Bible. There's a whole lot of stuff in there. You be like, but let's take a, prayer, a, a, a praise break real quick. What I love about it is even though David messed up, the Bible says that God, watch this, says he's still a man after my own heart. Because even after he messed up and he knew he was wrong, you know what David knew how to do? David knew how to repent. And I'm here to tell somebody, God doesn't judge your future by your past. If you know how to repent, God says, I love you and I'll still work my plan for your life. Throw your hand up, say, Lord, I repent. Up. As they laid, as they laid, quit. 
as they lay, but now they get up. David looks over. Bathsheba looks at him. He said, now you can't stay here. Wait a minute. I don't get your stuff. Abigail about to get home, and Uriah and him going to be back from that battle after a while. Girl, get out of here. About six months later, Bathsheba texts David. I got something to tell you. Can we talk? And David is like, what you want to talk about? I'm pregnant. Well, let me tell you something right now, Bathsheba. He is not my son. You say I am the one, but the kid is not. How I know it's mine. Uriah was gone. You could have been laying down with Joab or anybody else. I don't know. Some of y'all ain't clapping because it's too real. cover up his sin he takes Uriah his, 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 this guy had been loyal to David he takes Uriah and, and he says Uriah go lay, down with your, go lay down with Bathsheba Uriah said I ain't, leaving, I ain't leaving you I serve the king I'll see her tomorrow I serve you he said alright he said now go on in there with your wife go on in there now she's looking real well I heard she was looking real <laughs> real good go on in there with your wife Uriah said, I'm not doing that. So Uriah wouldn't do it. So Uriah sets David up to be murdered. Uriah says, y'all go fight. When you go fight, put Uriah at the front. So that the first time a, a weapon comes, shoot him and kill him. Uriah dies. So David could cover up what he did. Whenever you cover up, it will always blow up. Yeah, yeah. I know this ain't a message that's got you running around and shouting, but I promise you it's going to have you winning. Would you throw your hands up and say, it's winning season. So, so then David, the man of God, comes to visit him. His name was Nathan. And Nathan comes to David and Nathan says, David, what you been doing? Huh? You know somebody lying when they say, huh? He said, what you been doing, David? He says, uh, you know, they get to the point. He says, listen, here's God's will about this. This child can't live. What do you mean he can't live? You did wrong, and you weren't repentant. And watch this. And to this day, you haven't repented. Because you got so full of you. And so full of yourself, you had an unchecked arrogance against God and his word. And you thought, David, that you were exempt. You thought you could do whatever you wanted to do and nothing was going to happen. So this child can't live. Thus says the Lord. After Nathan, I don't know who this is for, but we're going to have a real moment. Because there's some, watch this, there's some where this message, the reason that it's quiet in the atmosphere, and that's okay. Is because it's making some of us realize, you know what? I got some stuff I need to check. Who, who, who am I talking to? Who am I talking to? That's all of us. It should be all of us. It's not your neighbor there, Sadducee. 
Self-righteous. Like, how are you going to say you ain't got nothing to check? I haven't sinned all day. I woke up and I've been righteous all day. Watch me. And David, he writes God a song. That's what Psalm 51 is. He writes God a song. He's like, God, whoa. I don't know what I've been thinking and why I've been acting this way. He said, but something in me got out of line. And I didn't recognize it until the man of God checked me. I didn't recognize it until I came and heard a message that checked me and made me say, whoa, wait a minute. Maybe there's something in me. So he writes God a song. And here's what he says in Psalm 5110. This is what we're going to pray and we're done. He says, Lord, created me a clean heart. What is he saying? He says, God, my heart has got dirty because I was dealing with people and I got entitled because I was so bitter from the people that hurt me that I got entitled and I thought I had a right. Why don't I get to have a day to act like them? I'm talking to somebody that feels like your whole life you've been doing the right thing and you're looking at other people seemingly do the wrong thing and it looks like they're doing well. David was like, I don't get to have a day like them so I got a right to act like this. Got entitled. When he got entitled, he says, Something is wrong with my heart. This is Lord, please create a clean one. What's heart? Mind. What's your mind part of? Our soul. He says, and renew a what? Right spirit within me. Say, Lord, this is our prayer. Create in me a clean heart. And renew a right spirit within me. To every place in my life where I'm not in alignment with you, show me so I can fix it. Well, I pray that today's life-giving message has spoken life into your life. I'm Bishop Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church, and at this time, I want to extend an opportunity to you to give your life to Jesus Christ. You know, 2,000 years ago, God stepped in a body. That body was called Jesus. That body got on a cross and died for our sins. Now, sins are things that we do that don't please God, and they ultimately don't please God because they ultimately are very harmful and dangerous to us. Not only did he die for our sins, he died so we could have life and life more abundantly. Here's what that means. That not only do we experience God's best, but that we can speak life into other people and use our lives to change the lives of other people. And today, if you need to become a Christian for the first time, the Bible says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you will be saved or born again or become a Christian. All those phrases mean the same thing. And if today you were far from God, this is your opportunity to reconnect to God. I love him because uh, he's not the God of a second chance. The truth is, is we've all used our second chance already. He's the God of another chance. He offers us constant new beginnings and fresh starts to get things right for him. He gave his life for us so that we could give our lives for him. So today, if you need to become a Christian or recommit yourself to Jesus right there where you're at, I don't care where you're listening to this message, I want you to say this with me. Say, Father... In the name of Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Because of this belief and because of this confession, if this is my first time praying this, I am now a Christian. If I was far from you, I am reconnected to you. Great days are here for me. Today is the beginning of the rest of my life. 
Jesus' name, amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, you are now a Christian. You're born again. You're saved from yourself. And if you were far from God, you're reconnected to God. And here's what I want you to do. Take out your mobile phone and text the word DECISION to the phone number 59769. And when you do... I'm going to send you a message right away that's going to show you how to make Christianity your lifestyle and not just a hobby. And here's what I want to encourage you to do. You are connected to me and connected to Harvest Church for a reason. It's because this is the place God wants to speak life into your life. This is the place God wants you to grow and become a strong Christian and, and serve and change the lives of other people. So stay connected, whether it's at a physical campus or a digital campus, stay connected to Harvest Church. Keep receiving this word and let it speak life into your life. Hope you have a phenomenal day. Hey, congratulations. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews. So you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Embrace the tranquility of Ocean Isle Beach. As the crowds ebb away, the true essence of this coastal haven comes alive. Stroll along the quiet shoreline, collect seashells with loved ones, and savor the calm that only the off-season can bring. Discover cozy cafes, enjoy unhurried walks, and relish the beauty of nature's canvas. Ocean Isle Beach, where serenity and connection flourish. Your stay awaits at OceanIsleStyle.com.